Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. We're so glad you have joined us for this sermon. You can find all our sermons at our website, holycommunion.net. In the name of the one holy and living God, amen. Please be seated. A word of welcome. If you're here in person or joining us online, welcome. And this service has become a bit of a tradition around here. And this year, like with many traditions, we're reinterpreting. In the past, we've celebrated Blue Christmas on the Sunday before Christmas and the Sundays leading up to December 25th. And this year, we're here on the day after Christmas Day. And somehow that fits. Mental health professionals tell us that these days after the holidays are among the most difficult. There's so much cultural buildup for Christmas, it's almost impossible not to feel some letdown. So many of us say internally, let me just get through December 25th. We put so much energy into just making it through that by today, if you're sputtering on fumes, you're not alone. You're welcome in this space, really. Let this music wash over you. Let yourself be exactly where you are. Luke's gospel is the one we read on Christmas Eve, and it's so thick with imagery and symbolism. All the sheep and the angels. And Julie did a fantastic version of Luke's gospel with the help of the young ones in our congregation bringing up character after character for the nativity set. And on Christmas Eve, my sermon was about God breaking the separation. There was supposed to be this fundamental rule, God is God and we are not. And on Christmas, we learn that God breaks the boundary out of love. But if Luke gives us the disnified version, the version with all the cute characters, in John's gospel, we get this cosmic poetry, and, God, and God's story gets messy. The word becomes flesh. All the sheep and the winged messengers have gone home, and the word has become flesh. And you got to know that that's messy. In the Greek, that word, flesh, sarks, it carries this connotation of mess. It's one of St. Paul's favorite words to lecture people about. Paul acquaints it with sin and all of the disgusting, hard parts of humanity. It's some of the worst of embodied life. So if we don't know one another, you need to know to understand what's coming up that I'm the dad of a toddler. My husband and I adopted Silas just as the lockdown began in 2020. He came to us at nine months old. He was small enough that we've dealt with some of the messiest, fleshiest moments of humanity together. We've been through diaper rash so bad it made all three of us cry. We've cleaned up more human fluids in my house than I ever imagined facing as an adult. And having a, a small human is really disgusting at times. And we didn't even experience together the pain of childbirth, the blood, the sweat, the tears. We didn't nurse. 
But let's be clear. The word becoming flesh was messier, more painful, it involved more blood and amniotic fluid than we would ever include in a manger scene. But this word, this word, flesh, that John chooses, it's messy in just this kind of way. Christmas, we learn again, life begins in an incredibly messy way, and I don't quite understand how we think life will get any less messy, any less complicated as it goes on. As much as we like to clean up stories in the church and paint it into stained glass and layer on Christmas lights, thank God, the gospel, it remains complicated and human. As he grows, Jesus struggles through emotion. Jesus weeps for the death of his friend Lazarus. Jesus gets angry with those closest to him. Jesus gets angry with politicians, sorry Joe, and religious leaders, see I'm in there too. Jesus experiences dread and sadness alongside his happiness and joy. Jesus, through the Gospels, isn't particularly peaceful. He's not too quote-unquote zen much of the time. If Jesus, the Word made flesh, stays fleshy, stays complex, stays messy, well, then to be a follower of Jesus, you don't need to have all your stuff together. If you need it, take permission. You don't need to be merry and bright all the time. The Son of God could be an emotional mess. What makes you think you're going to do any better? Since it's still Christmas, I want to call BS on one particular line in A Christmas Carol. It's been bugging me. I was singing it on Christmas Eve, and it just was bugging me. It's away in a manger. And for some reason, we sing this line about the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Yeah, BS. There's no babies that don't cry. If they don't cry, something's wrong. So you got to know, church, part of why I love this congregation so much is that right now, my child, who's not here at this service today, but right now, my child, when he's here at church, he's probably the single most disruptive kiddo here. He's three, and he's so much sometime. Through the Eucharistic prayer yesterday, he was up here playing with the nativity set. He's just so much. And multiple times in recent weeks, I have had parishioners come up to me to talk to me about Silas's behavior. And to a person, they've said something like, Mike, it's okay. Here at Holy Communion, we expect people to act their age. Silas is doing just great. I love this church. I love how you get it. I've talked a lot about my kid today. I know this is a service where we say it's okay if your emotions are complicated. Right now, my emotions are probably most complicated around my kid. He's so wonderful, such fun to be with him at Christmas, and he's so much, and I can hold those two together. And if you're struggling today with your kids, or if you're struggling today with fertility or with loss, Whatever you're feeling, that's okay, too. There's room for you to have complicated emotions. There's a line in this gospel, in this poem from John. Light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. 
And the line is complicated because we tend to divide light and dark, good and bad. We tend to lump emotions together in those categories as well. We tend to judge so-called good emotions and bad emotions. Joy, happiness, they're on the light side. Sadness, anger, loss, frustration, they're over there with darkness. And in John's gospel, in this line, it's a little bit messier than that clear division. I think that's also some of the wisdom of the blues. It doesn't divide so emotionally evenly. Things get held together. A few years ago, I was preparing to preach this Sunday, and in the weeks leading up to Christmas, I'd sort of written a sermon in my head as I thought about this text. And on that Sunday, I had to confess to the congregation that I had misremembered this crucial line. As I was preparing the sermon in my head, I had remembered the line as, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not extinguish it. Could not. And then as I sat down to write out my sermon, I reread the gospel, and I saw the crucial difference. Did. The darkness did not extinguish the light. Well, that's a different sermon, I thought to myself. The darkness did not extinguish the light. Light and dark exist together. One doesn't overcome the other, not entirely. So if you're this Christmas full of complication and mess, you're not alone. Yes, part of the miracle of Christmas is that God is big enough to hold it all. The pain, the sorrow, the joy, and the delight. Part of the miracle of Christmas is that God's love can hold it all together. Without light and darkness extinguishing one another. But there's another profound miracle at Christmas too. And if you take nothing else from the sermon, take this. Part of the profound truth of Christmas is that flesh could hold the contradictions as well. The word becoming flesh was messy and sorrowful and frightening and complicated, and Christ's birth was joyful and holy at the same time. Your flesh, your ability to contain these multitudes is miraculous. Archbishop Desmond Tutu died today. I'm sorry if I'm the one telling you. In person, he was known as the Arch, and he was remarkably short, but his laugh could fill a cathedral. I know a number of you met Desmond Tutu during his life. His reach was really incredible. Even our sexton, Zach, this morning was telling me how he had met Desmond Tutu as a small child. He always remembered the day. Somehow in one life, Archbishop Tutu brought together infectious joy and resolute anger, resolute resolve for change. Desmond danced as he protested apartheid, and his efforts earned him the Nobel Peace Prize. Desmond Tutu often remarked on his admiration for people, for all that they could contain. Human beings can leave you speechless, he said. They can leave you speechless with all the incredible things they can do. 
as he led the truth and reconciliation process in South Africa, victims of racist violence would often forgive and embrace their perp the perpetrators of that violence. And the archbishop always told these stories with awe that human beings can hold together pain, sorrow, and love. Bishop Tutu preached against injustice, but he always preached hope. Hope, he said, is being able to see there is light despite all the darkness. I think the arch would have loved the music today. He probably would have gotten us all dancing. Desmond Tutu today joins the saints like Polly Murray, Episcopal priest, civil rights pioneer, St. Polly once wrote that hope is a song in a weary throat. You can't know hope unless you've known struggle. You can't know hope unless you've held a candle in the dark. Hope is an emotion that can only be felt as a complex alongside sorrow and frustration. So if you are feeling joy and sorrow this Christmas, God bless. If you're feeling loss and at the same time hope, it doesn't make you a Grinch. Give thanks for the miracle, for the powerful mystery that our flesh has the power to hold so much at once. Christmas isn't simple. It isn't clean. Anybody with a family can tell you that. Don't buy the commercial version of the holiday. Christmas isn't just joy, just light. And that's what makes it holy. This is a different sort of Christmas. As hard as we might have tried to make it just joyful and bright, as much as we wanted it to be so-called normal, whatever that is, instead it got complicated. And friends, in my limited experience, God tends to show up in complicated ways. And so today we sing the blues, the day after Christmas. We lean into the music that can contain the depths and the heights of life, the dark and the light. And we give thanks for the mystery of love, that God can hold us through it. We give thanks for the mystery of the word made flesh, which tells us our ability to be sad and joyful in the same moment. That is a miracle too. God bless you this Christmas with the ability to hold it all. Amen. Amen.